On today's show, a lot of heartburn over the proposed food tax increase. And the question, censure over impeachment. Representative Ben McAdams is on the censure train. Tune in Monday through Thursday, 9 to 11 for Dave and Dijanovic. At Farmers Insurance, we know a roof can withstand a lot. One exception being an airborne car. Seen it, covered it. Click for more. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance, Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Welcome to Innovation and Leadership. I'm Jess Larson. Today on the show, we've got Michael Monahan. The work is constant. And so if it's not something that you enjoy doing, and I realize that sounds, uh, you know, trite, but it's very true. If it's not something that you're really passionate about and isn't your mission, it's going to be very difficult to keep pushing through the, the low points. Michael, thanks for making time. Great. Glad to be here, Jess. Thanks for uh, inviting me. So for people who don't know what Beartooth is, can you give us the 30-second elevator pitch? Yeah, so Beartooth allows you to talk, text, and see your friends on a map using your smartphone, even in areas with no cell service or Wi-Fi. So um, give, give us some applications. Great. So the, you know, one of the things I use it for a lot is uh, skiing uh, in the backcountry. That was actually the genesis of the product. Um, I was skiing at Bridger Bowl um, almost a half decade ago, and there was no coverage on the mountain. Um, and we realized we needed a better way to stay in touch. So certainly outdoor activity. Uh, we do um, quite a bit of business in um, helping extractive industries. If you're running a mine or a forestry project and there's no infrastructure, we help you communicate. Um, we also work quite a bit with um, uh, law enforcement and military for tactical communication as well. Oh, that's great. So um, thinking about the concept of innovation and leadership, uh, when, when you got reached out to from the show, I mean, I told you why I'm excited to have you on the show, backcountry snowboarder. I think you, <laughs> I want your stuff, right? And I think uh, it's, it's great to see solutions coming out there. But when you saw, hey, these guys from innovation and leadership want to have me on the show, what, what comes to mind when you think about innovation and leadership? Um, so I think innovation, you know, is just really spurred by people who have a need that needs to get met um, and they don't like the pain they're being put under and they translate that pain into a solution uh, to help people. And I think that's the whole uh, genesis of um, innovation, at least it is for us. Yeah. Um, when you think about the ups and downs and, and all the pain uh, from like good idea to something that actually works, um, in your mind, what are some of the principles, maybe for other folks listening who, who they're past the idea, but they're not to the point of having something work yet? What, what kind of principles come to mind for you? Well, I think you really hit it on the head that the, the amount of effort um, between sort of the ideation, visualization stage, right? And then you've got to uh, develop your plan to implement that visualization. And then you've got to actually take the steps, that is execute the plan. Um, there's just a lot of, of valleys you've got to push through. Um, and, you know, really, and I'll drift a bit from innovation to entrepreneurship, but I think they're tied at the hip. Um, entrepreneurship is, is really being the one guy in the room willing to take risk. Uh, that's really what an entrepreneur does. Um, because everyone that you're interfacing with, every supplier, every customer, every 
everybody wants to avoid taking risk. And so you're the person in the room that's willing to take risk and overcome every obstacle. And that's really what innovation is, is that, you know, it's just the daily, daily overcoming of obstacles. Yeah. Um, what are some of the things that helped you get through obstacles or are there books you like? Are there things you say to yourself? Are there, you know, mentors of the past or, or, or with a combination of all those, what are some of the things that you feel like have helped you kind of endure long enough to succeed? Um, so I don't know that I would point to any reference diagram. I do, I do really think, um, although there's no cookbook for innovation, Paul Graham's really come the closest. Um, and so he wrote all these essays that are still online. And um, I think it's, that's probably really the best um, of anything to read. Um, and he's usually, he's addressed pretty much every obstacle you'll face in startup from hiring to raising money to, um, you know, he's, he's really covered it all. So I, I think that's probably the most interesting for me. Um, uh, is that on the my... Y Combinator website or where's, is that the Paul Graham you're talking about? I, yeah, it, it's, it's Paul Graham, the founder of Y Combinator. I think you just, uh, I don't think it's on the Y Combinator website. I think it's just, if you just Google Paul Graham essays, it'll come um, up. It's, it, yeah, it'll just come up. It's, okay. it's literally just Paul. It's just his name.com. Okay. You just type in paulgram.com, They come up. Um, and then for me, I'm, I'm uh, sort of, you know, it's the genesis of the product. I like to do stuff outside. So I like to ski as much as I can in the winter, although there was a, like a two year period where I think if I made, I think I maybe only skied three days, two or three winters in a row, but the last couple of winters, now that the products have been working, I've got to go, um, try to run every day. Um, and the summer was actually great. I, set out to surf every day. So every day that I wasn't traveling, I surfed for at least two hours before work. And I find that um, that's actually when I solve all the hard problems is either out running or waiting in the lineup. I usually figure out how to overcome some nasty obstacle. What, uh, what, what's your, what's your break of choice? Where are you surfing? Um, so I usually just surf uh, 24th street in Manhattan beach. Cause it's walking distance um, from where I live. Okay. First, first time I ever went surfing in my life was Manhattan beach. Uh, so, uh, I want to talk about this. So you, you have your years back, you know, UBS, Carlisle, Goldman. Um, how do you feel like that experience helped you as you needed to lead this innovative company doing what you're doing? So it was definitely helpful from the, you know, corporate formation standpoint, understanding how to raise money, understanding what metrics investors cared about, um, just seeing tons and tons of companies, um, those that were really well run and those that weren't so well run. And so, you know, from day one kind of had a, a met, sort of a, a mosaic of, of what I was, what I thought was important for um, starting a new company. Yeah. When you, when you think about the technology that you've got and the, the challenges that anything new has. Can you tell us a couple of the stories of, you know, this felt like an insurmountable challenge or we thought we had this figured out and then it set us back a year or any of those kind of uh, things that it took to get the product out? I mean, you know, I think it would terrify um, people if they really knew 
you know, it gets overcome on a day-to-day basis. But I'll tell you a couple of the fun ones that 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 your your listeners can relate to. I mean, one of the more recent ones was actually, um, you know, you know, we play in the iOS and Android ecosystem, so. To a certain extent, we're very reliant on on those two systems and the quality of those two systems. Well, when Apple released iOS 11, um, there was a pretty significant bug in uh, their Bluetooth Classic stack. So while Bluetooth LE was working at the release of iOS 11, Bluetooth Classic was not for about four months. Uh, and really, the only way it got solved was us, um, you know, going up to Cupertino and helping those guys actually fix the code it was it was really my cto that that walked them through how to do it so i mean that's just the you know that's that's probably a highlight one and one that people can relate to because they use ios but that's a those are the challenges we face you know fairly regularly more than we'd like which is funny because it would be so easy to think about your product as hardware right uh, which obviously doesn't function without the software. Yeah. So the way I describe it to people, and, and you know, we 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 we're pretty transparent about this. All of our hardware is, is commodity hardware. This is, you know, a, a, a pretty basic um, ARM processor, uh, off-the-shelf power amplifier. Um, the the one thing that's pretty neat, we do use Semtex um, LoRa chip, um, which is a really innovative transceiver, but what makes our product magic is just the intense um, software development that we've put into uh, making these commodity chips behave in a very interesting way. And so it is, it is interesting, right? Because you can see, because is it essentially, so the unit that the phone pairs with, it's basically like a super radio. Explain to me what the physical unit is compared to, you know, any two way radio or, or something it's, it's essentially a radio that your phone can talk to or explain that. Yeah. So it's, yeah. It's basically turns your smartphone into a really powerful walkie talkie where the smartphone is the user interface. So instead of, if you look at an old school walkie talkie, they're, they're kind of cumbersome to use. They've got all these buttons and dials. And frankly, if you don't know how to set it up or use one, you know, they're not very approachable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what we, we stripped that user interface off and we just allow you to use the one you're used to, the touchscreen on your smartphone. Um, and so that pairs, uh, then our device pairs to your smartphone via Bluetooth. Um, and then we transport all of the information over our um, LoRa radio layer. Um, yeah. So that's really just the, the key difference is, you know, being able to use your smartphone as the interface and have all the tools that it's capable of, you know, sending a positional location, texting, digital voice, all these things that wouldn't be available on a traditional radio or, or something as simple as, you know, on a radio, I got to figure out which channel I'm on and maybe set a code. And it's all very confusing where if you and I are out skiing, you just push the Michael button and I just push the Jess button. And, you know, maybe you've got your whole family with you and you just push the family button or maybe you're friends with you and you push the friends button. So the it's just as easy to contact all of your friends and group as it would be on your smartphone using contact management. And tell me, tell me the range again, approximately. Yeah, that's a really good question. And, um, so it really all depends on terrain. Um, but you know, we, we, 
you know, in working around in sort of buildings and houses, you should think about a half a mile. Um, you know, a little bit wider open country, you should think about a couple miles. We've actually talked 25 miles in a wheat field in Montana. Um, and I would tell you if you're running around downtown New York City and there's a skyscraper in the way, you're going to only talk a block or two. So yeah. they're what are called line of sight radios. And so as long as there's line of sight or an approximate line of sight, you'll get, um, you'll be able to, you know, communicate. And if as that line of sight uh, begins degraded with obstructions, your range will drop off. Yeah. So starting, starting a business, knowing this is what you want, so you can talk to your buddies on the ski hill, <laughs> pretty sure it didn't come to mind. And we'll probably have to go tell Apple how to fix their stuff. Uh, yeah, we did that with, I mean, we just, we never anticipated, you know, some of that stuff. So, um, so in your mind for, for folks that are going to need the mental toughness to come up against challenges like that and deal with uncertainty, um, what are, what are principles, what are lessons that, uh, you think can help the rest of us, you know, be more prepared to, to face uncertainty? Yeah, I mean, I think. You know, one of the you know common wisdoms is that I would agree with is you've got to pick something that you're you're truly interested in because the work is constant. And so if it's not something that you enjoy doing, and I realize that sounds uh, you know trite, but it's very true. If it's not something that you're really passionate about and isn't your mission, it's going to be very difficult to keep pushing through the the low points. So I think that's the key thing is to attack a problem that you feel like is important, um, for the world. You know, the, the, I think, um, you know, the best reference on this is when, you know, people ask Elon Musk his advice to start a business and he usually says, don't start one, um, because it's, you know, the equivalent of eating, you know, glass all day long. And, you know, he's chosen a couple of very ambitious things that are very stimulating to him. Um, and I think it, it has to be something you absolutely believe is a, is a mission or it's going to be very difficult to push through the difficult parts. You know, it's interesting how that advice could sound cliche, but when I look at a number of my business failures that I was doing the deal for the money, you know, yeah. and, uh, so it sounds so simple. It sounds almost cliche yet. I think about the times that I haven't done that. Right. Yeah, I mean, this is a business, you know, I've, you know, I've invested a great deal of my net worth from a previous lifetime, and, you know, I haven't really taken a salary in half a decade. Um, and so it has to be, there has to be something motivating you other than money. I, you know, I get motivation, um, you know, when we, you know, some snowboarders stoked because they got to drop into a shoot that they normally wouldn't have, or, you know, we talked to someone in law enforcement who used Beartooth to literally save someone's life, uh, or we talked to a, a soldier who's used Beartooth for something really important. You know, those are the things that, that motivate me. Um, yeah, that's the odd part about entrepreneurship is, uh, I think, you know, you certainly hope to have a good economic outcome, but I don't think very many entrepreneurs are motivated by money. Yeah. Well, let's take a quick break from the sponsor and then, and, uh, we'll keep going with this. So Michael, before the break, we were talking about, um, doing something that you actually really want to do because you know, your the Elon Musk quote about entrepreneurship is like eating glass and staring into the abyss. Right. Um, yeah. So, uh, 
I want to hear about this. So, so tell us a couple stories, like this story about a police officer that saved somebody's life because they had bear tooth. Yeah, I mean, I think we don't want to be super dramatic, but you know, if you're, you know, one of the first things that you know first responders get to do uh, is get comms up and going. Um, and so, uh, you know, we work with, you know, the one that comes to mind is uh, search and rescue. They're out looking for someone. They identify them, but there's a team of people moving in and then clearing, and they don't have LTE comms up there, and they don't have traditional LMR comms. But by having a couple people who are carrying bear tooth, um, now they can start setting up the rescue scene, um, even talk to other assets that are moving nearby. I think that's you know one of the really powerful ways that it can help people. Um, I actually, you know, one of the things our tool gets used for a lot by law enforcement is, is surveillance. So that's, you know, we don't want to talk about, you know, I don't want to expose any of their tactics and put any of them at risk, but, you know, it's a cool tool. Um, it allows them to, you know, uh, engage in surveillance without being, um, noticed, I guess we could say. Yeah. Low vis option. Yep. That's great. Well, um, we probably got time for for one more good question here before uh, before this half of the interview is over. Um, you know, you do press. You've got you've got a company that uh, you know all sorts of major media outlets want to cover the TechCrunch and Popular Science and Wired and stuff. What's a question that people don't ask you that you think they should? That's incredible. I, I think you've stumped me. I mean, I think you've we've talked about. Uh, why people are entrepreneurs and, and why started the company and, you know, obstacles to, um, overcome. So I think, you know, you okay. may have stumped me on yeah. that one. Let's go for another one. What's a, what's a piece of advice. If you had a chance to go back and give yourself a younger version of yourself advice, what would you tell a younger version of yourself? Uh, focus. Hmm. Tell me about yeah, that. So, the, so I think we're, you know, the, we've, where I've really seen excellence in uh, either our, you know, the people who are involved with Beartooth, whether it be employees or vendors or suppliers, you know, the people that are incredibly focused on their craft, um, they just, they, I think it, it creates a more enjoy, a more joyful and enjoyable life to get really good at something. Um, uh, and so I think that, um, I think that earlier in my career, I think I was delivered for the places um, that I was working at, uh, but I would have been a bit more focused early on. It's interesting how, uh, I don't know, I'm a guy who likes shiny objects and uh, how often that's been unhelpful to progress, right? You mean changing direction too often? <laughs> yeah, or trying to do too many things at once or... Uh, there's that great quote about, uh, it takes a magnifying glass <laughs> to focus the sun's rays to start a fire, right? Yes. <laughs> it's not the dispersion. <laughs> it's the concentration. No. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Okay. This is a great place to end for part one of the interview. Everybody, please tune back in for our next episode. We're going to hear more from Michael. At Farmers Insurance, we know every windshield collision has a unique sound. Beetle. Bird poop. Drone. Seen it? Covered it. Click for more. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state.